0: And he said I couldn't hold my head up, I couldn't hold my arms up. He had to learn to walk and do
1: everything over a sounds terrifying. Lila Mersch has been a nurse for four decades. She's observed a lot during that time, and not all of it good. For example, she's noticed that even healthy people lose significant mobility after a hospital stay. But it wasn't until Lila decided to study the issue for her doctoral dissertation that she realized the full extent of this problem. It does not take long. And
0: most of our body systems, with rest, they will heal. But
1: it's not that way with the muscles. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. And before we move on, I want to remind you that the biggest source of St. Louis Public Radio's funding comes from listeners like you. Because you value what you hear on St. Louis on the Air, donate today. Go to stlpr.org donate. That's stlpr.org donate. Lila, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, just a little background first. Uh, you're a longtime nurse as well as a teacher of nursing. What prompted you to enroll in UMSL's doctoral program for this five years ago?
0: Well, I've always wanted to, you know, advance my education, and you—you you will never, you never know everything ever. <laughs> and um, this is it was an opportunity. It was local. They have an amazing program, and um, that. That was, that was you know, what prompted me. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn more about research. Um, uh,
1: and that was it. I mean, I've had a wonderful experience at UMSL. So this really was, it was a quest for knowledge as opposed to yes. you had some position in mind or? Oh, no, no, no. It was for knowledge. Wow. Yes. And And yes. so this knowledge, you ended up going deep on this problem of the loss of mobility. How did that become such an interest for you? Well, I've always had an interest in uh, uh, being the healthiest that you can,
0: including, including you know, being the, the most fit mm-hmm. possible. Um, and then I began to look at patients in the hospital. And, of course, when you're in the hospital, you're sick or you're in pain. Maybe you've had surgery and you're just not as active as you are at home. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw how patients – um being in the hospital you if you it's kind of like your muscles use it or lose it mm-hmm. well that happens with patients also and i i actually saw that happening and then what really so so i looked at that a lot most of the research had been done on intensive care unit patients mm-hmm. because they were really sick and they were losing more mobility than anyone else so that's where the research was because they wanted to reverse that mm-hmm. or reduce that but then what really prompted me, what, what what really, you know, made me want to focus my dissertation was when I began to see that in family members.
1: Hmm. And that
0: really hit home. And I really wanted to know more about that. So, so this was, was personal in a way. You, it's personal. Yeah. It's personal. But it, I mean, it's personal, but it's like, it's the world. It's not just me and my family. It's everybody. And it's really important for us as healthcare providers to know what happens and to try to prevent it. And then I feel like it's also important for the patients to know what they may be ex- you know what they might be facing, I mm-hmm. guess you can
1: say. That makes sense. So so tell us about this study you conducted. What what were you looking at specifically? Well, <clears throat> I chose older patients.
0: I mean, I'm not, not that older, but I chose 60 and older. Mm-hmm. Because as you age, we all lose muscle mass. It's just a natural part of aging. Mm -hmm. And so by the time we're 90, we can lose up to 30% of our muscle mass. So obviously that's why, you know, grandma says, hey, can you open this jar for me? You know, we're just not as strong. Mm -hmm. So the older you are, the more muscle mass you're going to lose. So um, I chose patients that were 60 and, and older. And I looked at... 10, this was a qualitative study, so I did very intensive, very uh, in-depth interviews with 10 patients to find out their experiences, and I thought it might be, I, I had no idea how this was going to turn out, okay? I thought they were going to talk about weakness, um, you know, they basically, just, they just got weak and they had trouble walking again. But however, this affected their whole life because mm. just being in the hospital for a week, which was one of my criteria, they it needed to be one week or longer. You know, patients don't, they're not as active when they're in the hospital. As a matter of fact, they may spend up to 85% of their time in a in the bed hmm. and 12% of their time in a chair. Yeah, that's that's so, got to be a huge difference then it's if huge. they were at home. It's huge. Actually, it's 83, not 85. It's huge because, you know how I said, use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. It does not take long. And most of our body systems with rest, they will heal. -hmm. But it's not that way with the muscles. You know, you don't become strong like a bodybuilder by sitting on your couch looking at pictures of bodybuilders. You
1: you have (laughs) to work. It's unfortunately (laughs) true. I can attest to this personally. It doesn't work that way.
0: (laughs) We we wish, but it doesn't work that way. And so, as they lose this muscle mass from already aging and then not not becoming as active. They have to work to get back. No, they're they're not going to be a bodybuilder probably, Mm -hmm. but just to get back to their normal, they have to work, but they can do it. You can do it. You just have to know it's going to take a little bit of time and you're going to need to go, you know,
1: small steps like set small goals you mentioned that these these ten people that you talked to in this qualitative study they had had to be in the hospital at least a week is this happening as in as short as a week if someone's just there for seven days they're already finding themselves oh, yeah. in a hole they have to work out oh, of. yeah yeah I mean it depends
0: it it's like all <sighs> It's varying degrees of everything. So the longer you're in the hospital, the worse it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And the less active you are, the worse it's going to be. So if you're just sick in the hospital, like with pneumonia, you know, and you're tired and you're weak and you're short of breath, it, it, you will have some weakness for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the intensive care unit and you're intubated... And you're having to be, you've given some sedatives and you're given some medication so that you don't pull your tubes and your lines and your drains out. And you can't move anything, mm-hmm. like uh, on purpose, that's going to be, that's going to, your, your, the effects of your immobility is going to be worse. So it's all like varying degrees, you know, like how hot it is is how much you're going to sweat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it just depends upon how... How inactive you are, and how long you're inactive. So the longer you're inactive, the the higher the degree of inactivity. Then, of course, you know the more the effects
1: are going to be. So you went in depth with these ten patients. Is there one experience that stands out to you, in, in terms of how this this loss of immobility affected somebody? You mean the patients? Yeah. Yes, there were two. Um, one
0: did not have the best outcomes one had amazing outcomes Now, now actually neither one of them got back to their full level of pre-hospital uh mobility out of all 10 of these individuals and they were all very active you know they um they one of them worked at a daycare so (laughs) she was always having to squat down and you know Mm -hmm. take care of the children she took care of her grandkids they went on outings they did camping uh, gardening, you know, they were all very active. Only one, only one got back to their pre-hospital level of mobility. So, um, what stands out to me is a patient who was a policeman and I'm trying to think what happened. Oh yeah. He had a medical problem and he was in the hospital for three months and he told me that he was, he really did not get out of bed he did not get walk he was not active for three three months three months and he said i couldn't hold my head up i couldn't hold my arms up he had to learn to walk and talk Uh, not talk sorry he had to learn to walk and do everything over again terrifying just from terrifying three months terrifying another lady got hit by a truck she she did have a head injury, but she also had, you know, immobility issues. And she's the one that had to learn to talk again and walk and everything. But they these two, the one that got hit by the truck and the one that was in the hospital three months, they both had the most amazing attitudes. Hmm. And I found that that made a difference. If you have an optimistic attitude, if you're like, if you say to yourself, I want to get better, if you have a goal and you're like working towards it, you're going to be more likely to reach it.
1: Hmm. Well, that's good yes. to know that you know there are things people can do that can change this paradigm. But I'm, I'm wondering about the hospitals. I'm sure there are many cases where somebody truly has to be immobile for that amount of time. But for others, for some of the people you talk to, is this something where maybe the hospital should have been encouraging them to get up and move around more? This could have made a difference.
0: Well, yes, we do. I mean, it... You can't just let someone, you can't just say you need to get up and walk because Mm -hmm. they are weak. They're Mm -hmm. weak, and they're at risk for falls. So it takes more hospital staff Mm
1: -hmm. in order to do that. So that could be a real problem. You you guys have a lot on your plate as nurses. You know,
0: know what? it's like a catch-22. It's like you know they need to get up, but you also know that you have to prevent them from falling. Mm -hmm. and it's difficult. It really is. But I just feel like that for, for the quality of life for our patients, this is something that we need to do. I mean, even if it's, you know, we help them walk to the bathroom, or we just help them walk a little bit in the room, help them maybe get to the shower, even if they sit on a little shower chair to shower. If we just just use your muscles just a little bit, mm-hmm. it's better than nothing. And, and you will not suffer the effects as deeply as if you don't use your muscles at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that seems like such an important message. Do you think hospitals and, and nursing staffs have enough awareness of just how important this issue is? I think we need more because I talked to my
0: son who's a he's a young physician and you know I talked to him about this and and what I've done and and he does try to write in his orders for his patients for um, the nurses to get the patients up like three times a day you know to walk a short distance a couple of times a day and if they don't do that If you don't have orders to it to do that, you may
1: not because you are so busy, right? Um, And and do those orders make a difference? I mean, if you're seeing there in the notes, you would carve out the time. Oh yeah, you you might not. Oh yeah, if you have an order. Oh yeah, okay, definitely. So doctors can really make a difference in this arena. Oh, definitely.
0: Yes. The whole healthcare team. You should work together. We all should work together. You know, nurses, physicians, physical therapists, occupational therapists, we should, and the techs or or patient care um, technicians, different hospitals call them different things. We all work together as, as a team for best outcomes for the patient. And I personally feel like if that whole team has education on what happens and literally like the part not just oh people get weak and they can't walk but Mm -hmm. the experiences of what these people go through the devastation that they experience they can't take care of themselves they can't provide their personal hygiene they can't take a shower they can't they can feed themselves Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, but they can't get dressed it is it's just devastating
1: And maybe if there was a a greater understanding of that, this would become the priority it needs to be. I think so.
0: And they could even practice getting dressed in
1: the hospital.
0: You Mm know, there's just so
1: much. There's so much we could do. Well, I'm, I'm so glad tra- you're you're bringing this issue to light. I feel like, as you say, this this doesn't always get talked about, and and what a big impact it has. We actually have a caller who has an experience um, along these lines that I, he wants to share with us. I'm actually going to go awesome. to the phone lines. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to see this. Uh, Jerry is calling from O'Fallon, Missouri. Uh, Jerry, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air.
2: Good afternoon. Uh, about nine years ago, when I was 54, I was hospitalized for over 20 days. Uh, for a stem cell transplant, Ooh. which was kind of a culmination of my uh, treatment for lymphoma. And um, I can tell you that being a fairly active person, uh, first of all, even after a few days of essentially spending about 12 hours a day in bed and maybe the rest of the time in a chair, it, it's very, not only the strength, but I had trouble driving when I when I was released because I couldn't turn my head. Hmm. You know, you just kind of stiffen up. And uh, they did make us walk. Um, three laps around at the Center for Advanced Medicine at uh, Seitman. Uh, I give shout-out to the, to the great, everyone there that, that uh, did a great job. But, you know, that almost felt like running a marathon towards the end of that. Wow. And, um, and you're writing in about attitude being important. I mean, uh, I'm a person who likes to keep on the move, and uh, just the, the sheer boredom sometimes of being in a hospital, being confined, uh, and I'm not much of a television watcher, uh, so, uh, you really kind of have to look at it every day as if it's a new experience, and you are moving just one step ahead. I always say that walking is a series of coordinated falls.
1: And- Jer- Jerry, that's, uh, <laughs> this, this is so great to hear, Lila, that everything that you've studied, Jerry has lived, and it sounds like he's really backing up what you've said here. But that's so important. What he's saying
0: is, I found anyway, and I think... I think that Jerry is, like, validating that is that um, once you, you know, try to start getting better, you have to – it's kind of like baby steps, you know. Mm -hmm. You have to do a little bit at a time, but each each little bit adds to what you're doing, and you get better – I don't know if you get better faster, you, but you get better more progr- uh, over a progressive period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you continue and, to get better. Yeah, and and you will get better if you don't take those baby steps and take. You know, some days you might have a bad day and you might not do as well, right, Jerry? <laughs> you know, but uh, you just do a little bit at a time, and and it makes a difference.
1: Well it is it's good to hear there's some solutions here and, and Lila I really appreciate you bringing this this problem to light and, and going so deep on it. Are you going to publish this dissertation? Yes. Yes. Will I it am. be a book or, or what are your plans? It'll be an article
0: in a scholarly journal.
1: Well that's so exciting and so hopefully this can have an impact maybe on the policy front or or to get more people talking about this.
0: You know, just the awareness because each institution is going to it, it's it's a pretty big undertaking. It's a big undertaking because it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of staff time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the thing is, it's for better, it's for best patient outcomes.
1: Well, Lila Marsh, this has been uh, so interesting to learn about. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And before we move on... I want to say a big thank you. Here's some positivity for the day. And this thank you goes to you for listening to this show. Last Friday, the St. Louis On The Air podcast reached a milestone. That's 1 million downloads for this year. That's about a 240% increase over just two years ago. And we want to thank you so much for that. And if you ever miss a conversation or you want to hear one again, our podcast is available. It's free. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts you mm-hmm.